So hello, welcome to Apple Chat. Um, I have a very special episode of Apple Chat off script, which is actually what we're recording today, because I have two, count them, two guests live in the studio with me. I have Anthony say hey. Hello. Anthony sitting right across the table from me, not on the other side of the internet, which is a very cool thing about this. And for the first time in person with first me, time. even though we've collaborated on podcasts many times, I've got Corey Novotny sitting right to my left. What's yes. up, Corey? Hello. It is, this is really cool. I like that we're able to do this in studio because you and I have recorded now like 30-something podcasts, and every single time we've relied on some kind of internet connection and just how that may or may not work out. And here, that's not an issue. And we get to be in person. Like, I feel like a real podcaster now. Oh, yeah. And that's hasn't that been the goal the whole time is to get to the status where you can tell people, I'm a real podcaster. <laughs> yes. That's what gets people. That's how you get major clout these days in, in 2019. No, it really is cool. And I'm and the, the reason I just want to have a conversation with you guys, I want to make this experience as fluid and as easy for anybody to be able to go through because... I've sat down, I've practiced doing a podcast online, so I can do it through Skype. You can do it through Skype because we've practiced, we figure this kind of stuff out where like we kind of know how to not talk over each other. But if you can make it just like a normal conversation, you can talk to anybody you want, you know? And I got some interesting people who know uh, that I want to talk to. And so that's how we got to make this experience as easy as possible. What do you guys think of the studio? I think it's really cool. It's (laughs) awesome. Yeah, no, it's It's pretty minimal. (laughs) It it is, but. This is so much more grand than anything that I've actually experienced. So to the fact that you've put together something like this, this seems like a legitimate thing. Uh, well, cool. I appreciate that. I'm, yeah. That's what I'm trying to do because I don't want people to show up and be like, what am I doing here? Like, <laughs> <laughs> What am I talking to this mic for? Uh, you guys can see I've got a little bit of foam core on the yes. wall. Um, I'm, I, do, I do need to do a little more soundproofing. It's a little echoey in here. A lot of bare walls. Um, so it's something that we've got to work on. But the reason we're all in one place also, because normally we're not, why are we, in, why are we all here at the same time? What, go, what's go, the occasion? Go Gamecocks. Go Gamecocks, right? right? Yes, go the Gamecocks. The Alabama game. Yes. Very hyped. The biggest game of the season, but easily. Yeah, you know, normally I would still say that the Clemson game is the bigger game, but the fact that we haven't played Alabama in nine years, and that's just a reason for everybody to come back to town for it, I do think that we can reasonably say it's the biggest game of the year. Yeah, easy. Well, at least for me. I mean, the Clemson game happens every year. I guess it's a not few a special. games happen every yeah. year. Also, <laughs> it would be awesome to upset Clemson, uh, but it seems unlikely. This one seemed unlikely as well, but we did beat them last time we played them. <laughs> so that was like kind of the running gag going into yeah. this game. Yeah, nine years ago with guys who are either in the <laughs> NFL, they're like used car salesmen, they're doing like normal jobs now, have no connection to the team anymore other than we watch highlights of that game from time to time and say, oh, we beat Alabama last time we played. Like, Nick Saban, we have your number. That's right. <laughs> That's the only guy who was there last time was Nick Saban. <laughs> yeah, and Steve Spurrier was the coach. <laughs> oh man but we did cover the spread yeah. that's true and if you're gonna play a team where you're 25 and a half point underdogs and you can come away from the game feeling like you accomplished something like being one and a half points closer than vegas predicted i consider that almost a victory <laughs> that's where we're at people with gamecocks football yes. <laughs> we cover the spread barely <laughs> yes <laughs> yes if you if you bet money on the gamecocks you are happy with that outcome it's honestly changed my perspective on on gamecocks football because when i was a freshman when first getting into the program i was like if we don't win i'm mad like mm-hmm. if, I, if we don't win i'm upset these days i'm more like I'll celebrate any win. <laughs> I'll we take anything. Tem- tempered expectations. Way more tempered. And I don't even, 
I, I dream of one day returning to relevance, but I, I think I got to be realistic and I got to not let it affect my emotions too much or else I'm just going to become so depressed. I do think we can get there. Uh, I think so. We Helensky have, looked good. Yes, Helensky looked great. And all of the CBS media people were gushing over his performance. And I don't know if he was fantastic, but for your second career start as a true freshman against arguably the best team in the country to come out and look like you could run an offense. And there were a lot of times where drive stalled and they let the field goals or even at the end of the half, not scoring a touchdown. Like there were, there were points that were kind of left off the board that if he's maybe, you know, sophomore, junior, we get those. And instead of just saying, Oh, we only lost by 24. Oh, maybe we have a chance to win the game at the end. Yeah. It was definitely very impressive how Helinski could drive down the field on Alabama pretty easily. Yeah. yeah. Compared to, I know it would only end in three points, but it's still pretty good. It's, it's still nice. Alabama. It's, yeah, it's like, refreshing. Me, you know? I don't know. Sometimes it feels like we should get tossed around by a team like Alabama. Yes. Like I wouldn't have been surprised if we went out there and they just mowed us down for four quarters. But we got some drives together, made some plays. Like I was happy to see us at least. We constantly claim that being in the SEC means something to us. Like the fact that we're in the, the Southeastern Conference means something because it's considered higher quality football. And mm-hmm. people look at us and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah but you're not Alabama. You're not one of the teams that are the reason that people respect the SEC, but at least, and again, I know we lost by a lot, but to be able to watch us go out there and at least play football with them means a little bit of something. I don't know. I still feel like I'm scraping (laughs) the barrel here. You know, you got to take moral victories in life anytime you get those opportunities. You're not always going to win. And I think that this, this game against Saturday, the expectation was that we could walk away feeling good about the rest of the season, feeling good about the Ryan Holinsky era and that's something that we got to say that this game was a disappointment because we lost, I think is a very, very short sighted and very like, you know, <laughs> you have way too high expectations. If you're like, we can go out there and I, we're going to beat number two team in the country. I can't be happy today because we lost to Alabama. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. Like we left that game. We were like, this is fine. This is not going to affect the rest of our nights and the rest yeah. of our weekend. We don't consider today a loss just because we lost to a team that we were supposed to lose. Yeah. To. I was feeling good morally, but also mm-hmm. with, um, hydration level because now that they have those water fountains in the in the stadium where you can refill your water bottle it changed everything yeah i didn't feel like i was dying the entire time yeah Yeah. or after i was a new man on the way back oh yeah game day is a grind you have it's a it's a long haul yeah absolutely i mean you have high expectations to be up early even though it's a 330 game you got to be up you got to start you're tailgating. You need to be all prepared for all that. We and had then, to carry our drinks pretty far. You know, we yeah, were. You we did. Had, you have a cooler, and you got to take it. Lots of places. Yeah, places to be. You got to. It's not even just you get to the tailgate and you're done because you have a tailgate, but there's seven other tailgates <laughs> that you want to go to. So you know, we're going into the fairgrounds, and then from there, I need to make another 20 minute walk to another tailgate, and then after that, I'd go back to the fairgrounds. I'm getting my steps in there. Oh, I got so. Oh, many you're steps definitely in. sweating it out. Too. Oh yeah, yeah. So especially in, in 90 Carolina. degree South Carolina heat. Well, so I went to the the USC UNC game in Charlotte two weeks ago. And that game did not have clouds. So we we had a lot of times where we didn't have the sun beating down on us on Sunday. And that was huge, especially in the stands, because for that Charlotte game, 
I was in the lower deck in behind the end zone. And I thought that it would be so much better than sitting in the upper deck, but I was still roasting. And I, I was just baking in the sun. I'd been drinking a lot. It was just a recipe for disaster. And I had to be taken away at halftime. Oh, dang. dang. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. It's, so it, that's another moral victory. The fact that I was there, I made it to the alma mater. Like, I didn't leave. Like, even yes. though that the game felt like a loss, <laughs> I was not in a physical condition where I could no longer be in the stadium. That that wasn't an issue that I had to worry about with the South Carolina-Alabama game as I did with the South Carolina-North Carolina game. Oh, sure. Were, were you surprised to find out when the Gamecocks lost? Right, because weren't we leading at halftime? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. We no, were like we were up at halftime. We're <laughs> up at halftime. I get home. Yeah, so I, I haven't really like told too many people this because I'm like a little ashamed Wait, of it. Well, but this is the podcast. Yeah, so yes, you're right. No, I, everybody. Here's we'll what we'll I put it out there. Anthony, <laughs> sure, sure. Anthony put it out there. So I'll say this. So so I I get home. I want to say it was like five. 15 5 30 so at this point it was halftime and basically by the time we walked back so our friend that i was sitting with was about a 15 minute walk from the stadium so that's basically all of halftime we get back and it's just go on the couch and go to bed and then i wake up at nine o'clock and i had a text two hours ago from my dad like bummer <laughs> like you know, that that sucks and i was like oh my god we lost this game and then i'm like going through and finding that out see we lost 24 to 20 that we we let them come back from a, a pretty good lead in the fourth quarter. And yeah, yeah. they scored uh, 14 unanswered. Yeah. To get the yeah. Win. And then our, our other friends were all waking up. We we're like, guys, we lost that game. They're like, what? We lost? We had no, we, there were a lot of games this season that we expected to lose. That was not one of them. Yep. And to have that happen right away, you're just like, what, what happened? Like, how? And, you know, uh, the, the thing about college football is like any illusions of grandeur that you have in the offseason go away after the first loss yep. and to have that happen immediately. Sucks. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. And that, you know, that that's one of the college football is awesome. And being from the North, I didn't really grow up with college football. I watched it. I had teams. I had a lot of family from Pennsylvania. So Penn State and Pitt, even though they're like technically rivals, I was able to root for both of those teams. And then from there, I, I care enough to maybe pick up a big school for a season where I like, oh, I really want Oklahoma to win the title this year, that kind of thing. Like Southern Cal is a team. Bama, when they beat Texas in 2009, I was big on Bama that year. So I think that um, coming to the South and actually having a true football team to adopt has like, that's made me love college football so much. But at the same time, we're faced with the hard truth that unless your team goes undefeated or maybe goes 11 and one and you're really good in your losses to another really good team, you're not going to win a national championship. And from there, you're just playing for the best bowl game you can get to. Yeah. And it feels like there's maybe like five at best 10 teams at the start of the season before you even play a game that have a legitimate shot of winning a national championship. And there's like 150 division one teams. So, yep. I think it's disappointing. It's pretty it's, small chances of winning. Yeah, and like there, there's not many other leagues that have that same, you know, expectation of it's. Well, we know it's gonna leagues. be Alabama. We know it's gonna be Clemson. <laughs> like you know, Oklahoma. Maybe one of Ohio State, Michigan gets in there. Like it, it's just not, not like there's a ton of teams that have realistic shots. And yeah. even if you go undefeated, like UCF did, they're like, oh well, you can play in a nice New Year's Day bowl game. But you're still only the 12th best team in the country because all these major programs we know are actually better because they have more talented players. Well, sure, but that the negative side of having all those teams means that most teams will never even be relevant. Mm -hmm. But it also means that we all get to participate. 
And that college football really breeds like a hometown fanhood because there's smaller markets and the city gets to be like all about that team. Like, I know that our football team is not super good. We can't influence that. What we can influence is what we do before the football game tailgating and yep. i thought tailgating was awesome for it this it was game. a great tailgate like not just one in particular tailgate everywhere i went it looked like people were going wild and there was like even the fact that there were so many bama fans here i think means that they wanted to come out here and have a good time mm-hmm. i think that this is the most populated i've seen columbia like, oh in, yeah in recent yeah. memory at least yeah, yeah even absolutely. like away from the stadium just yeah. trying to get into bars and restaurants yeah yeah I mean, we were we were driving around five points at noon on friday to go to lunch and that was the most packed I've seen five points with cars. Of course, there's people out every Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. But just in terms of people on the road in the middle of the day, I'm like, wow, there's so many people here. And I'm sure there's a ton of people like us, or at least Anthony and I, who came back to town, particularly for this one game. It's the game that everyone is like, if we're going to travel, if I have to get on a plane to go see the Gamecocks, this is the game I'm going to go to. I'm going to go see Alabama because we knew the tailgate Easy was going to be great. Yeah. The expectation for the game in terms of winning were low, but it's the kind of game where everyone knew they would have a fun time. And yeah, I think every single person I talked to about the Alabama game, there was like like nine out of 10 people, they were going to the Alabama game. And I was like, oh, yeah. crap. Yeah, even even seeing, if they're not know? buying a ticket to the game. Yeah, they're they're like, like, yeah, like I want to be in Columbia. Because so many people are going to be there. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And because of that, ticket prices were, they were expensive, easily the most I've ever paid for a Gamecocks football Definitely. game, which is limited at this point because obviously we get to go to games for free as a student. Uh, but what it came down to was if we win, I would rather be in the stadium than at a yes. bar down the road. <laughs> so it's like I will pay the money for that potential once in a lifetime experience. It always blows my mind when I meet current or anyone who's gone to Carolina or is currently going to Carolina who just genuinely does not care about football. Mm -hmm. Like they're in their junior year and still have never been to a game where that's fine. I'm not saying you have to like football, but the Carolina experience is so ingrained in football, whether we like it or not, whether you whether it makes you miserable or happy. Um, And I think it's honestly, I like to look at the bright side of it and be like, that's such an added bonus to have on your school is like this serious culture surrounding your team. Yeah, and the number one reason why I went to the University of South Carolina was for college sports. I knew that I could go to any like decent engineering school in the country, but I wanted that to be a part any, of my life. Any of them, Corey? Well, any decent. <laughs> Big brain. I'm not, hey, I'm not saying MIT. Big brain I'm on saying the podcast. I can any. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, I I had opportunities to go to those schools. I sure. could have gone to Northeastern University. Sure. And financial reasons, University of South Carolina became the clear choice. Sure. But the having the college sports in particular football and basketball being able to have that as part of my college experience going to games yeah was huge for me and that that was something i absolutely wanted to do i wanted that to be part of my experience at school college game day came for the missouri they game. did yeah uh, what year sophomore, year. sophomore year 2014 year? 2014 yes you know what i'm saying oh that and that, that was an awesome experience yeah like, tailgating or camping out on the horseshoe all night for that and being like this is something that i grew up watching Ever since I've been a college football fan, I'd made it a point to watch game day. And now I'm one of those people, you know, whether or not you could really see me on TV, they have enough high angles as like I was on ESPN <laughs> for college game day. No, I, I got my sign on TV. I have screenshots. You did? I did. I the wrote, sample text? I wrote sample, text. sample text on yes. a free, on a freaking poster board and held it up. And um, if you don't know, the sample text is like a uh, video editing meme where you put text on an image or even just graphic editing 
and you forget to change the text from what it, because it wants to show you an example of what the font is. So it'll just say sample text or write text or place text here or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, but sometimes editors will forget to do that. And in the final version of whatever you're editing, it'll say sample text somewhere. And uh, so the whole joke is you didn't plan something yeah. to write on this poster, <laughs> even though you got it on a college game day. And um I got it on TV. My mom recorded it on the DVR, and I got some, awesome. some pictures. The people who were around me, though, College Game Day is so freaking competitive. Like, not not competitive in the sense that there's, like, any real winning, but the people who are there really want their sign on TV. Yep. So you have to wait for hours. You, we got there at, like, what, 2.45 a.m.? Yeah, dude, it was Something late at like night. Like, yeah. yeah, and then, so we started waiting then, and College Game Day didn't even start until 9 a.m., Yeah, and we couldn't get out of line. Like, it wasn't necessarily a line as much as it was, like, a mob inside of, like, a fenced yeah, area. The, the pit. Yeah, the pit, and you just stand in there. If you leave, you're not getting back in. So no. you have to stand there, can't go to the bathroom. We, we didn't bring any food with us nope. or water. No water. So mm -hmm. you're just sitting there suffering. Can't sleep either because you're so close together. You're, yep. you, like, I'm starting to understand what it feels like to be livestock in like, the, the way we manufacture food uh, in 2019 with like, all these animals pressed together. It's not, it's not a good way to be. We, Anthony and I actually got a quick siesta in by leaning <laughs> against each other and putting our forehead on each other's shoulders and just using each other as counterweight just to get like a moment's respite because it was so freaking crowded in there we got there we got to the front and we did yep. we were on tv yep and I, I i made it to noon i i made it all the way until the show ended. Uh, yeah noon. i also did not make it to noon i barely yeah a lot of people left yeah i think i made it till 10 um, and I don't remember getting any sleep that night. That, I, yeah, I was just about to say that was probably the hardest I've ever pushed my body to do oh, anything. Yes. Without exhaustion, wise. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Because <laughs> well, yeah, like, because like, like you said, we got there at like you know, two, and then you're you, no sleep. You're just standing there uh, from two o'clock till nine o'clock. They well, they didn't let you into the pit until six, right? That's yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah it was and letting us into the pit was horrifying. Yeah, because oh, yeah. you're in a mob already outside. Yeah, literally, at one point, I couldn't move my feet, and I was just moving with the crowd. No matter how sideways you'd move, if yeah. you have some sort of phobia of being crushed to death, don't do college game day. Yeah, because yeah. when that yeah. when that group starts moving, you are going with them, it is whether stampede. you want to or not. It's a literal stampede. Yeah, and it was it was. A really taxing experience. It was really crazy. I don't think I'd ever do it again, but I'm glad that I yeah, did do it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel the same way because there were talks of us getting game day for this Alabama game. I think if we beat UNC, there's a good chance we get it because they wound up going to I Iowa State versus Iowa. Which yeah, I heard that. That's not yeah. a huge game. It's like great. I love when college game day does go to locations like that. So it's not the same like five schools getting it every year. But there was certainly a possibility for us to get it. And I don't know if I would have gone. I think it was a great experience that I got to do that one time. But I didn't get any sleep. I was up until 10 a.m. and then went back and just like had to nap and that kind of affected the tailgate because it was a 7 30 game i think and i didn't even show up until probably like 4 30 yeah so I that's was like an that hour game. plus of the first tailgate yeah so just it it's not something that i would want to push myself through at least i wouldn't stay out all night i could maybe see myself waking up and you know trying to still be there for that experience but i don't think that i need to i got i got my one experience i don't need it anymore but mm. that's what being a student's about is yep. living your life a certain way for those four years because you don't want to do, like you might not want to live that way after that you know yes, yes binge drinking you know all weekend long getting crazy on a frequent basis is cool in college 
It is. It's, but if you're an adult, some it might be viewed as a problem. So I just like standing in one place for seven hours just for like the microscopic chance to get like your pixelated face displayed on college game day is not rational. But as a student, you don't have to be rational. No. You just do student stuff. No. And I, I definitely miss the the non-student life of being a student for things like that. Yes. Oh, yeah. It was it was cool. It was cool to get college game day. I'm uh. I I liked being a student at University of South Carolina. A lot, met a lot of interesting, cool people who are all back. I, there were so many people to everyone talk to was back walking people. around the tailgates. I'm sure everyone felt this way because there were so many people. Like mm-hmm. coming back for this game, every tailgate was, I felt like a politician. Like shaking hands. Good to see yes. you. Yes. <laughs> yep, yep. My friend, good to see you. You're looking well. You yeah. Know? Everyone coming up to you, like saying hi, like giving you hugs. Like, oh, wow. I didn't know I, there were this many people. I'd be excited well, to see me. I mean, like, what do people who don't go to football schools, what's their reason for returning? What are they? Ex- what, oh, are they what event do they I have, have no where they idea. all go back? You act for like homecoming. Thing is, at some schools, homecoming is huge. Here, it's nothing. It's just another football game. Yeah. Who so. is it this year? I don't to, even know. It's probably like Vanderbilt. It's usually Vanderbilt. Yeah, Vanderbilt. It has to be someone you can beat, so, right? That's yes, all. yes, yes. Um, <laughs> Ideally. So I think Vanderbilt is November 2nd, and that's usually around the time that we get. Uh, the past two years, it's been like hollow weekend. Yeah, it's, it's like Tennessee. Yeah. Vanderbilt's been in that category too. Yeah, we had Mississippi State our freshman year. Um, and I, I think one year we had Furman as our homecoming game. That's just our gimme game, so... Well, I, uh, it's upsetting that the Gamecocks lost. I had a low, you know, this little feeling in the back of my head. Maybe we could, we could win. Yeah. And when you pay that much money for a ticket, you got to think at least there's a minimal microscopic chance. I think maybe. We I also thought that this was the best chance too with like Holinsky. It's like, yeah, just yeah. random, right. random yep. guy. You haven't seen him. Not necessarily random, but. But what I don't have to worry about is feeling that way about my, the team that I watched that plays on Sunday is the NFL yeah. is back. I'm so happy the NFL is back. I love this part of the year, just I, in general. I actually, I sometimes I feel like I'm insane for liking football sometimes. But you oh, are looking forward to it. <laughs> you know, you, you're a Buccaneers fan. You have, you know, damn well you shouldn't get your hopes up. Th- that's but right. Your hopes got up anyway. Yeah, they got up anyway. Well, every off season, it's oh, everyone's like, oh, the Bucks. That's they could yeah. be, they could be it this year. And that's been that way for five years. Yeah. So, oh yeah. I mean, that's how the, the Niners have been for a while. Every year, there's a little more hype, and every year I buy into it completely, and then at some point, get my heart broken. So far, I haven't gotten my heart broken yet, though. I think I've got no, the... I'm, I'm my jealous. team has the best record of this table right now. Because Corey's a Steelers fan. We're yeah, a Steelers Steel. t-shirt right now. Yeah, then 0-2. 0-2. Oh, it's uh, oh, and two. Yeah. It's not, the not the actually pathetic. Start. Yeah. The, yes. Steelers, the Steelers are the worst team at this table, actually. That's right. How yeah. weird is that? You know what that is? That's NFL Week 2. Yeah. There's so many yeah. narratives that die. <laughs> it's yeah. like, if you look at this the entire league after two weeks and try to predict... Ah, man, that's one of the things I love about the NFL is, uh, I don't know if parody is the right way to say it because it does sometimes seem like it's top heavy, especially with the Patriots, like having so much success. Mm -hmm. Uh, but at the same time, I genuinely feel like unlike college football where there's plenty of teams that never get to feel relevant in the NFL, there's a chance. There's a chance. The NFL, the Eagles that in 2017, yes, they example, maybe you give them like a 5% odds to win and they won. That was their first ring, right? Yeah. yeah their that their was, first one. I remember seeing memes back in the day where they would show the rings in the NFC East and they would show like, like the actual super rings for all the other teams. And then for the Eagles, they would show a ring pop, yeah. like just cause they didn't have any rings. Yeah. And that meme officially had to be retired because they got one. 
You that's know? um it can happen any year. That's how that's what I love doing as a Bucks fan. I do have a Super Bowl. And yeah. the Falcons and the Panthers have been so, oh, so close. But <laughs> so, <laughs> so close, but yet so embarrassingly far. They both uh in recent memory have gotten their uh you know, judgment handed out to them on the national stage. Yeah. Well, the first one was so good because it was like the return of Peyton Manning. Right? Yes. That yes. was, he was on the, he had the really bad end of his career replaced mm-hmm. by Brock Lobster. Yeah. And but then he, he won a Super Bowl. Won a Super Bowl over Cam VP. Yeah. It rode that. off into the sunset. It was such a poetic end Yeah, with mm-hmm. Peyton Manning. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a perfect end. I got to experience that with Jerome Bettis 10 years prior. And, the Steelers, I guess, on the topic of having Super Bowl rings, they have won six championships. Four of them were in the 70s before I was born. They won two in my early years as a fan. So I first became a big football fan around 2004. It was really sports in general. When I was in third, fourth grade, that was when I started being a football and baseball and basketball hockey fan. And I had so much. you were nine. I was like eight or nine years old. I turned nine in 2004. But like I was a big fan of the Red Sox when I was eight years old, like that summer. That was when I first started into it. I got a Red Sox World Series in one year, and then I got a Steelers Super Bowl. I got two Steelers Super Bowls in the first five years as a fan. I was like, this is great. They're going to win so many times. And then they lost two years later, and they have... They really haven't come all that close since. One AFC Championship game appearance, only three playoff victories. And like for a lot of teams, that would be meaningful. But when you have such a storied franchise with so much success, it's just finishing above 500 is it that's that's nothing like you want your team to be a Super Bowl contender every year and you believe that because you're the Pittsburgh Steelers and you have this rich success and that all these this tradition that you're going to be a Super Bowl contender every season and there are a lot of talks about this team and you had the Cleveland Browns looking good the Baltimore Ravens you have some question marks in terms of is what is Lamar Jackson as a quarterback and through two weeks it's looking like the Steelers are Super disappointing this year. Oh, and yeah. You, they started 0 uh, 1 1 last year and they still almost made the playoffs. They tied the Browns. Yeah. They did. So they and which, like, tying the Browns feels like a loss well. anyway. And of course, there was expectation they would lose to the Patriots, but getting blown out by them and then losing to the Seahawks at home today, who are another good team. You don't want to lose your home opener. And Ben Roethlisberger got hurt. Mason Rudolph looked okay in his absence. But I I think that there's there's a lot of reason to be. Uh, fearful of this team, both the short term and the long term. I think, um, boohoo. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Big time well, boohoo. No, the, here, so that's the thing is I can talk about that, like to you guys, of teams yeah. who you've seen very limited success, but I'm from New England. I deal with Patriots fans all the time. So that is what I compare it to. Yeah. And there has been a clear difference in the Patriots and the Steelers in the last five years. Well, and I've always heard that the suffering is what makes the winning the best, you know? So I've, I'm delaying the gratification until a later date, and then it will be epic. When, I, when the Niners finally win a Super Bowl while I'm alive, it is going to change my life, I think. I really hope that my team can make the playoffs in my lifetime. <laughs> That's the, the hope is just not there. Take your vitamins, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> just to make sure you can stay alive as long as possible. Give them as... <laughs> well, no, that's what I'm saying, though. It's like, I wonder if Patriots fans actually feel that good about their success. Like, I, I wonder if at this point, it's just so normal to You've them. had so much. Yeah, that all you, a win is nothing. 
like <laughs> one of my favorite onion sports articles I saw recently was after Tom Brady just won his sixth Super Bowl. It's a picture of him looking at the Lombardi trophy. He's like, this one means the least of all. <laughs> <laughs> Like, because it's crazy how much success he's had at this point. You know, Patriots fans are so spoiled uh, mm-hmm. to have all this success. So I wonder if at this point they can only feel something if they win a Super Bowl. Otherwise, they're like, whatever. You know, it's not, still not the same. I, I'm addicted to winning Super Bowls at this point. Like, I can only feel pain when we lose. Yeah, when's the last time they haven't made a AFC championship game? 2010. 2010 was the last 2010. time? 2010, yes. So- Holy Holy the Patriots shit, had a nine-year run where they didn't win a Super Bowl. And it feels like that was so long ago because the last five years, they've been to four Super Bowls. Yeah. And that they've, is insane. they've won three of them. And that was a younger man. Yeah. Well, for a long time, the Patriots were always really good. They would always be in the playoffs. They'd have trips to the AFC Championship game. They went to two Super Bowls and they lost to the Giants. But they would always fall short. And it was great. Because the season always ended on somewhat of a high note. Even if the Steelers didn't reach an ultimate success, the Patriots didn't either. But now, the last five years, it's like, even last year's team, if it was anyone else, you'd call that the biggest fluke Super Bowl run after how bad they were for most of the season. They still won 11 games. They took advantage of a bad AFC to get a bye. But there was no one. The the reason why people picked the Patriots in the Super Bowl was because of the, the mystic of... The Patriots, and they actually did it. They go out and put out this unbelievable game against the Chargers and then win a shootout in Kansas City and then the best defensive performance in Super Bowl history against the Rams. Still, if the uh, if D4 didn't have that, inc- what was it, a neutral zone infraction? Offsides, yeah. It was offsides? Yeah, lined up a f- foot over the... It's just like, what a stupid reason to give Tom Brady the game or give him another mm-hmm. chance, really, which is all Tom Brady needs. Like... I wonder how what the narrative would be had the Chiefs won it last year. If, if it had been yeah. another Chiefs Rams. Oh, oh yeah, that's Even what it Chiefs Rams. But if like I, honestly, either one of those teams wins, it's like this youth movement that's going on through the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. We were talking about the Cowboys' offensive coordinator earlier. We were watching Kellen Moore. Kellen, Kellen Moore. He's young. Not that long ago, Kellen Moore was in the NFL still playing. Oh yeah, I, I thought and it's it was not like so... he had this long illustrious career. No, right? he's very still... short career. Yeah, he's he was young. he was a Cowboys backup for a few years, and all of a sudden he's a quarterbacks coach, and now he's the offensive coordinator. Yeah, and well, the, I think it's because the NFL hierarchy, like the coaching hierarchy, is changing. It's mm-hmm. the guys who are like the most impressive who are getting the jobs, not necessarily the guys who have you know earned it per se where like they put in the years and it's like he was in this you know locker room for eight years and now he was this coach for this amount of years like if you're one of these like upstart guys like Sean McVay obviously yeah. these guys all have history but they're I think younger guys are getting the opportunity look at the Chicago Bears working. they bring in John Fox after the Broncos get rid of him so the Broncos go to a Super Bowl they have so much success with Peyton Manning but then they disappoint in the playoffs so they fire John Fox Bring in a new coach. He wins the Super Bowl. The Bears hire Fox, and he's horrible with them for four years. They get rid of him, and then they bring in Matt Nagy, another one of those offensive gurus, the young guys, no head coaching experience, and they win 12 games to win the division. Yep. So. Yeah. You just got to. And say, I mean, Kyle Shanahan, also a young guy, even though he kind of inherited some football knowledge from his father, who has a mm-hmm. lot of, like, Kyle was in NFL locker rooms when he was a child. Uh, you know, so he was studying early. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I wonder if he was really in there studying, but I think just the connection, he's kind of a different case because it's more of like nepotism, which definitely exists in the NFL, but uh, different from these other young guys uh, who are just like geniuses. Mm-hmm. They also have their connections, but 
the keys are being given to younger and younger guys. And I think it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys think that um, there's going to be like a young defensive minded head coach that's coming? I do think that is going to happen. I I don't know when, but I I think it'll be someone who like radicalizes defenses. Yeah. The way that Mm -hmm. Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, that fast up tempo radicalizes them. Yeah. What does that mean? (laughs) Kind of offense where it becomes like you like change defense forever. Okay. It introduces something new that you hadn't thought of, like five guys on the line or something, something something stupid like that. Something crazy. Um, and, And people are like, this shouldn't work and it does or like drafting a new style of player like a guy with certain measurables where it's like he's perfect to play this one position that you haven't thought of yet Mm -hmm. like guys like Tariq Cohen and um our Tariq uh Tyreek Hill Tyreek Hill and uh Alvin Kamara no Cohen Mike what's his Tariq Cohen Cohen. it's Tariq Cohen it's both Tariqs okay I'm tripping um those guys are too small to play football you look at those guys like that's not a football player right traditionally but they have found a way to be yeah. extremely mm-hmm. important to the offenses that they run with. So, yeah, I'd like to see that. Yeah. What if that's the answer? There's some, like, really short, quick guys that are somehow pass rushers or something. Right. Go between yeah. the center's legs. You don't know what it like, is. <laughs> he hikes the ball, and you go in there, too. Like, slide in between <laughs> and get the quarterback. Yeah, and I, I do like like that <laughs> idea. Slide, you know, just you slide Whoa. in belly first like a freaking penguin and just slide th- right through the quarterback. Yeah, and you can't really stop him because it, it would be literally holding. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Can't do anything, dude. Straight to the. I think we figured yeah. it out. Yeah. See, I, I don't know if that's specifically what it's going to be, but I do think that we will start seeing defensive coaches that are able to succeed in this offensive, you know, passing era. Well, that's the thing. I feel like the rules are pushing defense out. You're really gonna have mm-hmm. to change something if you're. Yeah. Bo- you're yes. You can't keep doing the same thing that's Someone, worked before. I, 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 who I think is gonna do it, or who I want to do it more so, is John Gruden. I want him to figure <laughs> yeah. out how to how to stop Mahomes. He's going to crack the code. People are going to be like, oh, this is how you defeat him. And then that creates this oh, new God. position. Well, could that right? possibly be? Patrick yeah. Mahomes is perfect. I don't know. Dude. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's a, that part of his master plan. You trade Khalil Mack because that's what it's going to take to stop. That's Patrick what it Mahomes. takes. Oh, yeah. Like the dominoes will fall 10 years from now. The last year of John Gruden's 10 year, 10, uh, $100 million contract. The, the final domino falls from that Khalil Mack original trade. Oh my that God. eventually yeah. leads to this master plan that defeats Patrick Mahomes and the Raiders <laughs> like advance to the Super Bowl somehow. Because Patrick Mahomes is so crazy. We were talking about this too, watching football earlier. Yeah. Is has anyone been as good at football as Patrick Mahomes this quickly? I don't Not, think so. And, and somebody brought up Russell Wilson. They're like, Russell Wilson was as good because he won a Super Bowl a second year. I disagree. Patrick Mahomes is way better than, uh, well, second year playing because obviously he redshirted essentially his first year. Right. He said, but. He said. but Russell Wilson was not as good as Patrick Mahomes is right now when he was at this point in his career. No, just based on talent and the the stats that he's been putting up and the way that he's just able to toy with defenses at times, I don't think that we've seen that, at least from the quarterback position. There might be some like running back that we're not thinking of. Oh, sure. No, but I'm talking about quarterback. It's Really what I'm talking about is being that X factor, being the guy that is the sole reason that you can win any Sunday. Mm-hmm. Like you can show their up against any opposition. Their defense was so bad. Yeah, and it it wasn't even an issue for them. Is, um, I've been really disappointed with their defense so far. It's laughable. What um didn't Tom Brady Tom Brady won a Super Bowl in his first yeah, official so season? Yeah, so Tom right? Brady. Um, but but was like what it was year that was two back for before him. I I really watched football. That so, so that Tom Brady team won because of running backs and defense and special teams okay. and special teams yeah. that's why they beat the Steelers. they scored two special teams touchdowns in the afc championship game that was also or special teams in a defense honestly yeah. asking that far back that was a totally different time of football oh definitely oh, yes you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes 
So Patrick but, Mahomes is probably the first. Well, the, the really thing that good. Pa- yeah, Patrick Mahomes doesn't hide behind anything. Like his mm-hmm. success is because he's uh, like has good escapability and he's just got a rocket for an arm and he's yeah. accurate. Like he can make that if you can win football games by standing still and throwing the ball deep, that's the best way to do it. Like you, having a dink and dunk it means you have to be consistent and accurate all the time. Like Patrick Mahomes can just win by sticking to the plan. Which yeah. is awesome. And he's young, too. You can only yeah. imagine how good he's going to get. Oh, that, that's the thing about it is like when you look at around the league, to me, he's the person who could uh, has the best chance of taking down like Tom Brady's title of greatest of all yes. time. Yes. Because he has so much career still left in him. I see. I think that's dangerous, though, because I think that no one is going to play as long as Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady might be that, that guy because you have guys retiring younger and younger. Like Mahomes might be like in his eighth year, be like, all right, that's it. I'm, that's I'm done. You're right. You know? No, you're right. I'm yeah. not saying that he's going to, but I just think he has the best chance because at this point, he's got I don't a good think, start. I don't think Russell Wilson has enough career left in him that he's going to catch up to Brady in terms of the Super Bowls. Yeah. So that that's to me where I'm looking. And I don't know if a guy necessarily needs to win six, if they can put up greater MVP and like passing numbers because that's when you look at Brady the reason why people say he's a goat is because he's won more Super Bowls than anyone else his numbers Drew Brees holds all those titles now Brady's played long enough that he is boasting his overall numbers he's won a few MVPs I think that in terms of talent wise he's certainly up there but you look at a guy like Dan Marino he might be the most physically gifted the most talented quarterback we've ever seen he never won a Super Bowl, so he's not even in the conversation for greatest of all time. Right. That's yeah. just the nature of the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know, it's goal-oriented. You have to win the Super Bowl or nothing you do matters, unfortunately, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's an, an interesting conversation because Brady, when we extend to other sports in terms of Brady being the GOAT because he's won the most rings, and then there's a lot of people who say Michael Jordan is, and then others say, no, LeBron is because he's the most talented. And then I think in the baseball, you talk about Mike Trout. Everyone's like, oh, he's going to be the greatest of all time. But he has had one playoff series in his career. He's just super talented. So it was like, what, what do we really use to define greatness? Is it just being really, really good? Or is it achieving the ultimate success more than anybody else? I feel like, I feel like we have a lot of bias for the most part in the sense of picking who we want to be the greatest. Like I want mm-hmm. Tom Brady, well, as of now, he is the greatest of all time. But I wanted Tom Brady to be the greatest of all time to, from the get-go uh, because I wanted that player to be from my generation. It'd be like, that's the quarterback I watched every Sunday. Yeah, I guess you it know? makes it more real if you've actually witnessed it. Versus you know? a guy like Michael Jordan, I've never seen him play basketball. You know, how am I supposed yeah. to know? To me, LeBron James is the greatest because I've seen him play a lot of basketball. Yeah. It's hard to compare. Greatness is so hard to, like, it depends on what you value. You know, how do you measure uh, greatness? But I guess just getting back to Mahomes, He's just off to such an amazing start if he can continue this trajectory and play for a long time. I mean, mm-hmm. part of his game is his mobility, his escapability, but it's not like he relies on that. And Tom no. Brady doesn't need to move either to be a quarterback. And I think that's kind of one of the keys to longevity. You see some of these guys who are like really fiery, uh, mobile, not necessarily even mobile, just like scrambly quarterbacks, but this game is way too dangerous. Mm-hmm. Guys get hurt even just playing quarterback normally. So I see, like, when I see guys who are able to stand in there and do it like Patrick Mahomes is at this age where he can still rely on his legs to get things done. I think that 
The sky's the limit. Yeah, well, I mean, look at Ben Roethlisberger. He's known for his legs and his escapability and ability to extend plays. That doesn't mean he's a scrambler. He's not going to go out and rush for 100 yards in a game. He but, was hilarious when he ran. Oh, runs. yeah. It's, yeah. It, he looks like he a, had one, like, seven-yard <laughs> run against the Patriots, and it was, like, the most struggling thing I've ever seen him do. <laughs> he looks like a tall building that's, like, collapsing during an earthquake when he <laughs> yeah. runs. Like, yeah. it's coming down. It's just a matter of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, he he's, I mean, that, that's the kind of thing that Mahomes can be. There's just someone who can extend the plays. He can continue to be mobile without having the, uh, I guess, wear and tear on yeah. his legs. So I'm, I'm going to be, when, it, when the dust settles and Mahomes' career is finished, I'm going to look so stupid because I was like, the Chiefs are crazy for oh, trading Alex Smith. Yeah. <laughs> they should, Mahomes, ready after just one season on the bench? You're crazy. He'll never be MVP. See, <laughs> I bought into that. I don't, I think I bought in for, for the short term. I wasn't ready to believe that Patrick Mahomes was the guy just because yeah. he didn't have success at Texas Tech. Yeah. He had talent. He could throw the ball 70 yards downfield. I was like, what is he going to do? Just chuck it into the stands all game? <laughs> and he proved otherwise. Yeah. And the thing that helped Mahomes succeed is having arguably the best core of position players yeah. around him with Travis Kelsey, who's maybe the best tight end. And he had Travis. Well, second Hill. to Kittle, but yeah, definitely up there. Yeah, he had Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins. <laughs> he had Kareem Hunt at the time. Damian Williams has looked like he's filled in. He also adds LaShawn McCoy. Oh, yeah. He has so many guys around him. But no shortage of Alex talent. Smith could not get the Chiefs even to the AFC Championship game, let and alone play like good. an MVP. He was good. He had he had moments where he looked great. Yeah. But Mahomes has had more than just moments where he looks great. He has moments where he looks not great, and most of the time he's great. I would have loved to have seen like Andy Reid and everyone else's faces, like the the front office guys, when like because it had to have happened out of practice, where they're like, like they the practice had ended, and they're like, all right, we got to trade Alex Smith. Like the, we have oh, greatness yeah. in yeah. front of us. We have to unleash this. That's you crazy. Know? Um, it's a good feeling when um, your backup quarterback is better than Alex Smith and you can trade Alex Smith. That feel when your yeah. backup is better than you Alex like Smith that? that you get to trade <laughs> <Yeah>. him. <laughs> can relate as a Niners fan with Kaepernick. Um, <laughs> actually, we were talking about that with you earlier, uh, Corey. Now that the, oh, yeah. <laughs> the Steelers are in a different situation with the quarterback, um, maybe the reason they haven't been good is because there's no drama on the Steelers. You guys You're got right. rid of Antonio Brown. Right. And you got Lee rid of all the drama. The drama dried up. Juju Smith-Schuster, the only drama he's like mixing up is maybe some drama with some kids on Fortnite after <laughs> practice. You know, that's not enough. That's, no. uh, the Steelers need to ha have uh, trouble in the locker room. And what more, what, what way to bring up more controversy than to bring in Ka Kaepernick? No, and I, <laughs> I hope that they don't feel the need to bring in another quarterback. Well, Rudolph looked good. I hope that Ben Roethlisberger is fine. And like, regardless of who, they, I think they'd be bringing in a backup if they do that with the expectation that Rudolph is a guy and they traded Josh Dobbs and they need someone else to come in. Yeah. But. Yeah, Colin Kaepernick. That that would that would be I don't think that would be something. Back. No, I, I don't, don't think so either. Because I think, you know, part of what he's done, it's almost like his name and his brand grows the longer he's not given oh, a job yeah. offer. Yeah, and he doesn't want to be a backup quarterback. Yeah, right? that's I, why he's not in the NFL. He doesn't yeah. want to be a backup quarterback and paid like a backup quarterback. Right. He's make he has so much more value as the the guy who is exposing the NFL and yeah. being blackballed than he does being a backup quarterback. On any roster, he's the QB1 like just based on clout alone. You can't have a guy with who's this, this like notable just riding the pine, you know? And I yeah. don't know if any NFL 
team is really interested in that. You know, mm-hmm. maybe he's not either. No, no. And it, he says that he's training. It would be interesting. It, w- it would be interesting to see a team do it. I almost hope it happens just to see Here's what, what I'll would say. happen. Here's what I'll say. If you see a tweet that says Colin Kaepernick signed by some team that just had a quarterback injured, check to make sure who's tweeting that. Oh, it's because probably not. It's really. a popular thing to get people to react. Yes. You know, lightning quick after something like that. happened. I think I saw that with uh, the Jaguars after Nick Foles went down. I think yeah. that's the last so time Ka- I saw Colin Kaepernick. That. Yeah, they were like, the you know, breaking. Jags signed Colin Kaepernick to like one year, $9 million contract or something like that. Yeah. Something ridiculous. Yeah, I saw that with the Jets early in the offseason too. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's the one popular account that loves to just change his name and his image to Ian yep. Rappaport, and yes. he's always <laughs> fooling people, yeah. Which, like, it's genius. It's like, if you have a big enough following to do that, why not mess with people? And then I love it when, like, something crazy does actually happen, and it's legit Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport. Yes. Like, wow, I thought this was Barry. Like, yeah. <laughs> Especially, yeah, something like Antonio Brown getting signed to the Patriots. Yeah. That's oh, was, that was, that was one. one where it's like, what meme is this? Yeah. You know, that's like on par with saying that they traded Demarius Thomas to the Jets because Demarius Thomas had mono and mm-hmm. then he shows up and gives it to Sam Darnold so that the yeah. Patriots don't have to play him. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's everyone else is playing checkers and Bill Belichick. There's nothing in the rule book like that says you chess. can't do that. Okay? Yeah. They accepted <laughs> the trade, you know, check his, check his health first. No, yeah. I don't know. Um, all right, we, we're going on about 45 minutes here, and I know we want to keep this short. We actually started recording this during uh, Sunday Night Football, so we've got a game to return to. Yeah, Falcons, there's a, there's a lot of offense in that first half between the Falcons and the Eagles. It was, I'm a, sure. it was a horrible half. Yeah, the, really? Niners, the Niners took all the offense for this entire oh, uh, yeah. Sunday. <laughs> it was a pretty big, yeah, the Bengals got that work. and uh, But we are going to try to return to the second half, so um, yeah. thank you guys for coming and trying out the studio. Yeah, I'm glad I got yeah, this th- opportunity. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having it's us. So, it's so official. Um, yeah. But, well, plug your Twitter uh, if you guys want. Uh, I'm at Tortzici, T-O-R-T-Z-I-C-I. That it'll is Tony the, Stank. Yeah, Tony Stank. Yeah, it'll <laughs> yeah. be in the description. And Corey. So I, I am at He's Done It Corey uh, because I am one of the co-hosts on at He's Done It Pod. That's yeah. the sports podcast that Ben and I normally... Yeah, I'm are. on it. I'm yeah, on it. So he's he, done it. He's done it. So we've, if you liked this, if you liked hearing us talk about sports, Corey and I do this all the time. Yeah, we uh, oh, we just wrapped up an NFL preseason series where we did our divisional previews and we recorded a week one recap where you get... If you still want to go back and just hear what we have to say about all 16 games. Uh, <laughs> and we got new stuff coming all the time. Yes. So yes, check out do. He's Done we've, It. We've been a lot of football right now. Yeah. That's, that's our, uh, with the two of us and then our, our third co-host, Brian. That's our, our sport that we all can talk about well. Uh, but basketball season is coming up. And Ben, you know, is a huge basketball fan. So I'm sure that we'll be getting plenty of basketball talk. The Thunder are going to try to make me not like basketball, <laughs> I think, after the roster moves they yeah. just made. But we'll see. We'll see. Another thing, if you want to call in Apple Chat, you guys know about this. You guys have heard about the voicemails. Yep. Um, you can call Apple Chat 833-600-2428. Anyways, you can call and leave us a voicemail. We'll play it um, on a future episode. We actually got a couple new ones because uh, walking around talking <laughs> to people who have actually heard the podcast uh, between the tailgates this weekend, uh, some people called in. So we'll have some of those coming up. Nice. Um, we're on basically every um, podcasting platform. So what do you guys listen to podcasts on? Apple? Apple. It's Spotify. a big one. Spotify. We're on both of those. You can find Apple Chat on both of those. Uh, wherever you do listen to podcasts, make sure you leave us a review. That really helps us broaden our audience. You can reach us on Twitter at Apple Chat. 
uh, or send us an email, affblechat at gmail.com. Check us out on YouTube. We do make YouTube videos. Anthony and Corey, once again, thanks for joining me in the studio. And uh, for Apple Chat, I'm Benjamin. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Affable Chat. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We would really appreciate it. If you have a question, comment, or want to request something for us to talk about, you can reach us at our Twitter account, at AffableChat, or our email, affablechat at gmail.com. Once again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.